Hello and welcome to Reading with Carrie, Stories to Fall Asleep to, a mindfulness podcast series that can be used as a sleep aid or to ease your anxiety and relieve your stress. I am your host, Carrie Favel, and I am so thankful that you've decided to spend some time with me. I want to apologize for missing last week. I could make an entire episode just discussing what is going on in my personal life. I just don't think that it is appropriate for this podcast series since that's not really why you're checking in with me. However, I am really open and flexible for what season four of this podcast would be. So if that is something that you'd be interested in, let me know. If you email contact at carryfable.com, I check that one the most. I know I have the reading with Carrie at Gmail. I don't really check that one because it's only for this podcast, but I will try to check on it and be a little bit better about it. But basically, I have been very busy working on getting my voiceover career running as a legitimate full-time career and I'm making great moves and I'm seeing progress but of course with progress comes growing pains and I also have prioritized my family in the most recent years and so I'm planning to go visit my family next week so I have been pushing really hard to get some deadlines done in advance for that. And to be honest, I plum forgot about my poor little podcast. Uh, I was so caught up in my clients that it wasn't until I was laying in bed, I guess it was Saturday night, and I said, oh, nothing posted. So I was debating rushing and getting something up late, but I decided because I'm going out of town this week, I really don't unfortunately have the time to make two podcast episodes. It doesn't take that long to do the editing, but that is what my job right now is, is reading and editing. <laughs> and so to, to put it simply, you know, that's, that's where my time allotment is. And so it's, it's just, it's just a lot, you know, but so I do apologize. I had no intentions of skipping or missing a week. I will obviously continue. I have promised that I will fulfill this and reach 100 episodes, which I think would be fantastic. And then um, kind of together, we will decide where this podcast goes. So I do have a few ideas, but I think I've talked long enough about things that you did not come to hear. So today is goat and uh, the goat is actually the only symbol that is redundant with the Chinese zodiac and the horoscope. I thought that was fascinating because there are some that are similar animals, um, like the bull, that kind of thing, but it's not quite the same. And so... I decided I was toying with, you know, making just one, but they are each individual. So I have decided I am breaking it up into two. I have found stories to read for both of them, um, but we're just going to have a little bit of fun with it. So today is the horoscope goat, which is Capricorn. And Capricorns were born between December 21st and January 20th. So you guys have the new year with your sign. That's so cool to me. I don't know. <laughs> Capricorns are ambitious, 
hardworking, and even enterprising. The Capricorn natives are extremely driven, enthusiastic about life, and capable of setting lofty but attainable objectives. However, they do tend to get lost in the world of actual or perceived barriers to achievement. So I think it's really amazing. I relate to this sign, even though I'm a Virgo. I relate to the ambition and setting goals for yourself, but getting lost in the world with outside aspects kind of getting in the way. So again, that kind of just fits. The personality is the whole New Year's resolution. So um, I just think that's really cool. (laughs) Today's validation space comes from mentalhealth.gov. And the myth is that therapy and self-help are a waste of time. Why bother when you can just take a pill? The fact is, treatment for mental health problems varies depending on the individual and could include medication, therapy, or both. Many individuals work with a support system during the healing and recovery process. So to be honest, with the Black Bull of Norway, I got a little bit confused, and so I have actually already read this myth, but I've looked through, and I don't think we've expressed this one, so I did want to go ahead and read it because it's very, very important, and I feel it on an on a a personal level as well. I was the opposite impression. I tried to cure, perhaps is the right word, or maintain my mental health using holistic or natural processes. That's how I got into mindfulness. I knew, you know, just walking and being outside would help, just positive affirmations, and just kind of mentally forcing myself to feel better. And that simply doesn't work because I personally have a chemical imbalance in my brain. So no amount of happy thoughts or even vitamin D supplements are going to change those chemicals. I need a chemical medicated prescription in order to be able to feel a sense of neutrality almost so that I can be myself. From my experience, the pill is not a magic bean, you know, that puts everything right. I still struggle daily. I still go through cycles. That actually is something that I am working with my doctor right now because I'm working on my chronic fatigue and I'm taking medication for that. And I think it's actually messing with the medication that my body has happily had for like three years now. So I'm actually going through more um, emotional turmoil than I have been for the past two years or so. And it just kind of emphasizes that your mental health is not a one-size-fits-all thing. You know, it's not, you know, do A, B, C, and you'll be fine. Sometimes you need all three, you know, medication, naturopathy. Is that the right term? I'm, I keep using all these different terms, but whatever, it is, you know, the holistic, the um, alternative medicine, perhaps, and therapy. And so just because something doesn't work for you, I know it's very easy to get discouraged and feel like you're alone in the world with your problems and how you maintain them. But I just want to make sure that you know it is not your fault. And it's like going and buying shoes. You know, there's nothing wrong with the shoe. It fits other people just fine, but they don't have it in the right size for you. Maybe it's too loose or it's too tight or it's too short. However it is, even if it is supposed to be the right size for you, it just doesn't fit comfortably like you'd want it to. You don't have to settle. That's not the only shoe. There are so many other shoes. So put that with mental health. Okay, you tried this other one and on paper, it should have worked. You know, it's your size, so to speak, but it's not giving you the peace of mind that you're looking for. Well, that's okay. 
With mental health treatments, sometimes you quirk it so it's not just a different shoe. Maybe you go up half a size, but sometimes it is just a completely different shoe, or in this case, a completely different treatment. I have heard of a few people who mindfulness-based cognitive therapy and mindfulness meditation actually causes them more turmoil. So just because it works for others doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And just like that shoe doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your foot. That shoe's just not made for you. So just keep that in mind as you go through life, as you're finding treatment, or as a loved one is finding treatment if you personally don't suffer. If it's not working, it's okay. Just try something else and be kind to yourself. You are the patient, you are the client, you are the patron, the customer, whatever you want to call yourself. You are the royalty on the throne, and the jester in front of you is not giving you what you're asking for. Get another jester, okay? Again, practice self-kindness and self-love above all, and you will find the right mental health treatment and structure for you. But I have talked enough on that. It was important, and I don't regret it, but uh, let's continue. Another note about the Capricorn, the goat is actually a goat fish. And um, that's a hard ask to pull out of my hat. If you know of any goatfish stories, please do let me know um, because I just did another fish story and I had such trouble finding something. I don't know if, if, if a goatfish is like a mermaid, but it's goat. It's not a human. So that's why I went with satyr, which also isn't a goat. There are not that many goat stories. There are stories that have like pet goats in them, but it's not about the goat. So <laughs> this has been a fun struggle and uh, not one that I actually was anticipating, but it's interesting. I guess when you get to reading, what are we on, like 80 stories now? It's, it gets harder to find things you haven't read yet, but um, I'm sure, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. So since I've already done the three Billy Goats Gruff on here, and that's the single most popular story about goats, I've decided to do one on satyrs and being inconsistent. So the traveler in this story shows an example of how to be logical despite the fear he feels at the unusual hosts. This connects with the idea of the Capricorn's habit of dwelling on the bad aspects of life, the obstacles, that sort of thing. There are actually two takes to this story, and since they are so short, I'm going to read them both to you, so it's going to be a little repetitive, but I think you might enjoy it. And before we begin, let's start with a brief mindfulness exercise. Close your eyes and take a posture that is relaxed, taking care to keep your back and neck in alignment. As you get situated, really notice your body, feeling the weight of your body on the chair, the bed, the floor, or wherever you may be in this moment. Notice the position of your feet and any sensations you can feel with them. Locate your legs and the blunt pressure on whatever seat you are on. Feel any sensations in your arms and make sure your shoulders are soft. Where are your hands resting? What are they feeling? Acknowledge any tension that you feel in your muscles and allow your body to express itself, being present in the moment. Just be aware of the tension or whatever may be happening in your body. Simply note the communication with a simple thought of, I hear you, that's how it is right now. Bring your focus to your breath, but don't alter it in any way. Just feel your body's natural rhythm 
As you inhale and exhale, feel the oxygen enter your lungs, that slight hitch between inhale and exhale, and the sensation of the air exiting your lungs with another micro moment between breaths. Let's extend our awareness to our mind. What thoughts or feelings or perceptions are present right now? Again, we are just noting these thoughts and feelings in this moment. Don't try to push or shut down any sense of discomfort or unpleasant feelings, but don't dwell on them either. Simply validate them with a simple acknowledgement, such as, that's okay, that's how it is right now. Keeping the connection you have with your body, reach your hands above your head, stretching your arms. Tense up the muscles as you breathe in and hold them in place for just a moment. And now, as you release the breath, relax your muscles and place your arms back to where they were resting comfortably before. Let's repeat this once more. Raising your hands above your head, tense your muscles in your arms and shoulders as you breathe in and hold the position as you hold your breath for just a short count of four. Then release your breath as you release your muscles and rest your arms back to where they were. Now focus back to your breathing and notice how you can relax by taking slow deep breaths in and releasing your breath slowly out. Breathe in, hold your breath, and breathe out slowly. Breathe in, and out. Keep breathing deeply, gently, and slowly. Now notice your whole body as being present. Be aware of every part at once, as best you can, as you continue to softly and deeply breathe in and out. If you are preparing yourself for bed, continue to breathe in and out. And just listen to my voice, but do not follow. If you need to ready yourself to get back to your day, then let us now widen our spatial awareness by using our other senses. What sounds do you hear in the room other than my voice? Are there any smells you can recognize? Feel the item on which you are resting with all of your body and imagine it in your mind. Try to picture it as accurately as you can without opening your eyes just yet. And now, take a deep breath in on an inhale of four. Hold your breath for a count of four. And on an audible sigh, release your breath as you open your eyes and fully come back. And now, here's the story. The Man and the Seder Aesop's Fables A man had lost his way in a wood one bitter winter's night. As he was roaming about, a satyr came up to him, and finding that he had lost his way, promised to give him a lodging for the night and guide him out of the forest in the morning. As he went along to the satyr's cell, the man raised both his hands to his mouth and kept on blowing at them. What do you do that for? said the satyr. My hands are numb with the cold, said the man, and my breath warms them. After this, they arrived at the satyr's home, and soon the satyr put a smoking dish of porridge before him. 
But when the man raised his spoon to his mouth, he began blowing upon it. And what do you do that for? said the satyr. The porridge is too hot, and my breath will cool it. Out you go, said the satyr. I will have naught to do with a man who can blow hot and cold with the same breath. The Peasant and the Satyrs Jean de Bolcherie, a Belgian story. One cold winter's day, a peasant set out on a journey, which led him through the depths of a forest, into which he had not hitherto been. The result was that he lost his way, and after wandering about for many hours, in the hope of finding it again, he found himself, just as dusk was coming on, in a little clearing, where he was overjoyed to see a small house, with a cheerful light in the window. Here is a chance of supper and a bed, thought the peasant, and he made haste to go up to the cottage door. Now this house in the clearing was not inhabited by men, but by some strange forest folk who were called satyrs. If you want to know what they were like, you must look at the pictures. Certainly, the peasant had never seen anything like them before, although he had often heard of them. And when he nearly tumbled over the little satyr children who were playing in the snow outside the house door, he was the most surprised man in all those parts. It was too late to draw back, however, so he went boldly up to the door and gave a loud knock. Come in, cried a gruff voice, and the peasant accordingly went in and found himself facing the father of all the satyrs, who had a long beard and a pair of horns jutting from his forehead. The poor fellow's knees trembled underneath him for fright, especially when he saw all the other satyrs, the mother and the uncles and the aunts, glowering at him. Please forgive me my intrusion, said he, but I have lost my way in the woods, and I am half dead with hunger and cold. It would be an act of great kindness if you would give me some food and allow me to take shelter for the night. So saying, to give point to his remarks, he set to work to blow upon his chilled fingers, which indeed were blue with the cold. Why are you blowing your fingers? asked the father of all the satyrs curiously. Why, to warm them, answered the peasant, and he blew harder than before. Well, sit down, said the satyr. As it happens, we are just about to have supper, and you are welcome to share it with us. So the peasant sat down to supper, and all the satyr family sat down too, and watched him with big, unblinking eyes, so that he felt very uncomfortable. A big basin of soup was set before him, and finding it very hot, he began to blow upon it. At this, all the satyr family cried out in surprise, and the father satyr said, Why are you blowing your soup? To cool it, answered the peasant. It is too hot, and I am afraid it may scald my mouth. Another and a louder cry of surprise came from all the satyrs. But the father cried out the loudest of all, and seemed very indignant. Come, he said, advancing to the peasant, and taking him by the collar. How shall go? There is no place in my house for a man who can blow hot and cold with the same breath. That smells too much of sorcery or magic. Out you go, I say, and practice your spells in the forest. So the poor peasant had to go supperless, and spent the night in the woods, with no shelter but the trees and the snow for coverlet. And if you wish to know when all this happened, all I can tell you is that it was a very long time ago, in the days when fishes flew and cats had wings. Thank you for listening. I welcome you back anytime you may need to hear a comforting voice or a familiar bedtime story.